Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. It's Carol Baskin, and you are listening to Fascination Street. I believe that everybody has a story, and I'm fascinated to hear them. So come with me as we take a walk down Fascination Street. Welcome back, Streetwalkers. This episode is with actor Eben Antony. Eben is an Indian-born actor in the New Orleans area and is currently starring in the new film Spoken on Amazon Prime and has a new film called Butterfly being released soon. In this episode, we chat about his growing up in India and coming super close to playing professional soccer. And then we chat about some of the voice work he did in India and what made him decide to come to America to pursue an engineering degree and ultimately to follow his lifelong dream to become an actor. We talk about some of his heroes in the acting world. We talk about some of his experiences on sets and what it was like to work on a green screen. Don't forget to check out his new film, Spoken, which is available right now on Amazon Prime, and to keep a lookout for his upcoming film, Butterfly. This is my conversation with actor Eben Antony. Welcome to Fascination Street Podcast, Eben Anthony. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. How are you, Steve? I cannot complain, man. It's gotten a little cooler down here in Texas over the past couple of days, so I'm happy about that. Usually, it's just crazy out here, so I'm excited about that. But then, guess what, man? I'm talking to you, so it's a great day. <laughs> My pleasure. So, what I like to do, Evan, is I like to start out with where people were born and raised. It kind of helps us get an idea of what got them into the thing that they're into and how they wound up where they're at currently. So, without further ado, man, where did you grow up? Where were you born and raised? So, I was born and raised in India. You know, right from my childhood, I was always interested in, you know, arts and sports. I was always involved in, like, the dance competitions, you know, school plays and stuff like that. I was also a soccer player. Through my high school, I was a soccer player. I got a sports scholarship for my university back home in India. I studied electrical engineering, by the way. And when I was studying, you know, I was fortunate to do voiceover work for over 100 cartoons and movies back home in India. And then, you know, I moved to the U.S. for my grad school in engineering. I came to the U.S., got done with my master's, got a job. And once I was settled, I was like, you know what, let me actually pursue my passion for acting because I never got an opportunity to actually pursue acting back home. 
though I did voiceover work because I was always busy playing soccer and other stuff. And then I was like, let me take a first step. I just want to make sure this is what I really want to do. That's how I ended up in New York Film Academy, uh, the one in Los Angeles for an acting workshop. By the end of the workshop, man, I was convinced that this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. You know, it was super fun. It was great. So, you know, I come back and, you know, I start training with different acting coaches. You know, I've been training with some of the world's best acting coaches like Tim Phillips, Larry Moss. I mean, Larry Moss is, was the acting coach for DiCaprio for Aviator, you know, trying to, you know, work on my craft every day because, you know, I bring in this soccer training mentality for everything I do. You just don't train right before the match. You train throughout the year. And when the match comes, you just play the same way with acting or anything you do. You know, you just continuously train. And, you know, if an audition comes or something comes, you just do it just like another day. And, you know, I've been part of different student films and, and short films. And then COVID hit and all the productions, they stopped. And, you know, staying down and, you know, thinking about, oh, I don't have an opportunity to actually showcase myself. I actually doubled up on my at training, you know, instead of taking one class a week, I had like five classes a week. When the productions resumed, Spoken, the movie I'm part of, was the first audition I got. It was a three-round audition process. And by the end of the round, the director was very happy the way I portrayed the character. And that's how I was welcomed on board. Nice. Yeah. Back to India for a bit. Now, you said you grew up always wanting to pursue the arts, but then when you did go to university, you went for engineering. Well, why? Why engineering? My dad's an engineer. So, you know, I was always fascinated by what he did. And also, there weren't a whole lot of acting schools, and it wasn't like most sought after kind of deal, too. Like, you don't really get a chance to pursue arts and sports over the regular academics, I would say. Also, I was interested. It's not like somebody pushed me to study it. So I was like, you know what? Let me actually make some money, get myself financially stable before I actually pursue my passion. What a weird concept. Uh, we don't do that over here. We just uh, wing it. We fly by the seat of our pants and then hope somebody bails us out. So <laughs> well well done. Uh, I guess both of your parents had a pretty big role in uh, helping you get to the point where you would make such a wonderful decision for your future. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they are completely supportive. They're not really familiar with how the whole film industry works. But, you know, they just believe, like, if you have sincere hard work going to whatever you do, you definitely reap the fruit. Makes sense. I think that, I guess you got a scholarship to go to university from playing all that soccer. Yeah. Why, why did you not decide to, this is going to sound crazy, but why didn't you go pro, man? They got pro soccer in India, right? Yeah, I was actually on the verge of playing pro, and that's when I was hit by an injury. Ooh. Yeah, I couldn't play uh, for, you know, three, four months. And what happened was I missed a lot of selection trials and I was in my senior year of college. So I had to, you know, decide on either continue with my school, just go to grad school or then stay back. And I didn't want to stay back. Gotcha. And and I know that you've voiced hundreds of cartoons, but how did you get voiceover jobs? How did that happen? So there was this new channel they're going to launch back home in India. It was basically, you know, a cartoon channel and they were holding auditions and stuff like that. And I just got out of high school and I just needed some pocket money. So I was like, well, let me just go try. And I mean, I tried five different voices, like in different tones. I'm like, wow, what's my name? <laughs> so I tried and they were happy with, with my voice. And so I started off with cartoons and then slowly I transitioned to movies and stuff like that. Because there was one studio that brought in all the movies and all the movies back home in India, they do ADR work. Though it's live recorded, they still do 
ADR works to maintain the audio quality. So there's always work for voiceover artists back home. Wow. And so the voice that you just did was in English. Were all of these voiceovers in English or did you do some in... No, uh, I, I did all my voiceover work back home in my regional language. I just did it in English so that, you know, the folks can understand. Oh, sweet. What was your regional language back home? It's called Malayalam. So I don't know how familiar you're with the geography of India, but each state has their own language. So it's like in Florida, you speak one language and you come to Louisiana and they speak a whole different language you have no clue about. And we Uh, have 17 official languages. 17? Yep. That's (laughs) basically how people feel about the states. I mean, (laughs) yes, it's actually accurate with India, but that's how people feel that way. Like if you go to Florida, people do feel like they don't know what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) That's more of, um, they just don't like people from Florida or whatever. So, (laughs) so that's cool. What made you come to America? I know that you, you came here to go to school, but why did you pick a school in America? The school I went to, it was the top 10 in the world for systems engineering. That's what I studied. I had scholarship there too. So I wasn't really bad in my academics compared to sports. I kind of, I was fortunate to balance both. So just so that I can understand this correctly, a young man who was raised with both parents and to be a good studier and a good human in India, it turns out you're, uh, you're also good at school. What a shock. <laughs> <laughs> what a shock. Well, it's a common thinking that, you know, back home, like not just parents, like everybody, all your relatives too. like education is the only way out because I mean, I wasn't born with a silver spoon. So the education was the only way out to make a good life, a good living. And in India, the whole family feels that way. Like the family's really involved with uh, education and and pushing how important that is. Yes. Yeah. We could use a. I would say a little of that here, but we could use a lot of that here. So uh, well done to your whole family, man. That's awesome. What did your parents say? Did your mom cry? Like when you were like, all right, peace, I'm going to Missouri. Were they like, first of all, where the hell is Missouri? And second of all, why are you leaving? Well, they did know, you know, I was in my next phase of my life. I have to leave to actually grow myself as a human being as well as in my career. Nice. Do you get to see them very often? I make it a point to visit them every year. Uh, I usually travel back home for Christmas so that you know everybody's home. That's really cool. So once you got settled in your career and you have a, a really good job in New Orleans, then you're like, all right, cool. I've got all this extra time. Uh, I'm going to take uh, 11,000 acting classes and, and then I'm going uh, to go audition for some stuff. So what was it about the New Orleans acting scene that made you think, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot? Well, you know, there are a lot of schools around here that produces uh, student films and short films that actually got me into the deal of acting because I was totally unaware of how the acting system worked here because it's a totally different scenario back home. So I want to get used to the scenario and, you know, it's called Hollywood of the South. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a lot of projects here, you know, and you can be traveling to L.A. every, every time. It gets expensive after a while. Yeah, absolutely. So I was mostly auditioning for stuff in Atlanta and New Orleans. Oh, sweet. And how do you find the audition process? This is going to sound super disrespectful, and I don't mean it that way. But I've heard a lot of stories where, like, if there's a, let's just say, a, 
an Asian fellow, right? Like a, a, a Chinese fellow or something. He'll go to an audition and they'll say, oh, you need to be more Chinese or whatever. Have you experienced any of that where they're just like, oh, uh, Indian it up or whatever? Unfortunately, I haven't had a uh, problem yet. Oh, uh, don't say yet, man. You're breaking my heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That makes me. Well, happy. you never know. You, you encounter stuff like this. It's just that, you know, you keep your head high and keep doing what you're doing. Sweet. So one of the classes that you took and maybe are still taking is taught by James Dumont. Oh, yeah. my I call him uh, James Dumont, my mentor and uh, my well-wisher. So I, I really owe big time to him. James Dumont has been on this show twice, and he is a super, super good dude. I love that guy so much. So I'm glad that you're taking classes with him because from the work that I've seen, he knows what he's doing. And from the times that I have spoke with him, he loves to share that knowledge. So uh, that makes me super happy that you're taking his class. Are you still taking right. it? Yes, I'm still a student. I mean, I will always be a student rather than just having just a teacher student relationship. It, it was always uh, by my side, you know, helping me out because I mean, as I told you, I was, I was totally unaware of the whole acting system here. And, you know, he took time to explain what's going on and you know how we need to go about stuff. So more than a teacher, he's a great friend of mine. Oh, that's good to hear. He's a, he's a really great guy. So how many different projects besides the one that we're about to talk about, how many projects have you been able to audition for down there in the Hollywood of the South? My first short film came after 50 auditions. Interesting. It's not like, you know, well, I just walk an audition. I get a part, come out. Spoken happened after probably 500 auditions. So I'm just saying you got to have the consistency, the perseverance, because it's not a sprint race. It's a marathon. You never know. The fact that you probably didn't book your first short film until after like 50 auditions or so, was it your soccer training and your soccer mentality that made you not quit? Absolutely, yes. That much rejection early on, a lot of people would have been like, yeah, I guess this is not going to happen for me. But you kept going. And it's the perseverance that I think really gets people to bail on just about everything pretty quickly. And so do you think that you got the bulk of your perseverance specifically from all your million years of soccer and all of that training? Or did it also partly come from your family? I would say it's a mix of both. Because, you know, day in, day out, I saw my father working really hard for the family and, you know, the ethics he had towards work. And even if it's not work, he still had, you know, if you say seven o'clock, you would still be at that spot at seven o'clock. The punctuality he maintained, the consistency he maintained. In addition to that, all the discipline, you know, I learned from playing soccer. You know, if you're late for training, you're not going to train. Or if you're late for match, you're not going to play that match. So I believe that's a mix of both. But I do owe to my acting teachers. I was fortunate to start my acting training with them and they tuned my mindset towards this whole craft in a different way because none of these auditions are rejections. It has nothing to do with the talent or the way I am as an actor. It's just that I wasn't selected. So there's a huge difference between rejection and selection. And it's just having that positive attitude that keeps you going. I love it. So they're not saying no to you. They're just saying yes to somebody else. Absolutely. And it's like, they needed a 25-year-old female, and if I auditioned for that character, there's no way in the world I'm going to get that part. Well, first of all, if you auditioned for that, that role, you need to fire your agent. <laughs> 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 well, it's just an example. Sure. Yeah, I got you. But 
me and you shouldn't be going for the same roles. I'm an old fat white guy. So, (laughs) so then you went to, uh, what school did you say you went to? It was a film school. Uh, New York film Academy in Los Angeles. Okay, great. Why? I know that you're taking these, all these classes from these great teachers, but why also go to the film Academy? Well, that was my first stop. I've heard about that film school a lot. And a couple of my friends back home, they recommended it. And there was this New York film school. And then there was this Los Angeles campus. And a couple of my friends told me you know, New York might be more inclined towards theater. And, you know, Los Angeles more inclined towards film and television. So I was like, all right, fine. You know, let me just go and take it. It was more of like, I just wanted to make sure because I, was, I, I had a lot of doubts. Like if this is what I want to pursue, because I had no clue what I'm dealing with. Because whatever I'm doing as an engineer, it's a career for like 95% of the people. They, they just stick to it. I just wanted to have a starting point where I could at least get the feel of the industry and you know, actually know what it is. And I always believed in formal training. Do you think that that prepared you for the film and television industry here in America? Do you think that you got a good level of understanding from going to that school? I would say it gave me the confidence to pursue acting. To be honest, because after that workshop, I was like, all right, fine. You know, I have a lot of fun. It's like a kid from school who goes to play in the evening and who never wants to return back home. He just wants to stay in the playground and keep playing. That's exactly how I feel when I'm acting. So it gave me the confidence. Even after I came back from New York Film Academy, I did not know all the answers. And even now, I don't know all the answers. But I'm just saying, at least I know, okay, fine. I can do this. I got that confidence from there. Nice. So you found out that this is something that you can do because this is going to sound dumb, but like if you would have gone to juggling school and day one, you figure out you're not very coordinated, then you're going to be like, well, maybe juggling's not for me. So you went to acting school and figured out that maybe acting kind of is for you. Hey, Streetwalkers, here's a word from our sponsors. Contactee is the new movie from me, Vincent Caldoni. When therapist Jay Rossi is assigned a patient who claims to have been abducted by aliens, her story wins him over. Her tales begin to take on an aura of truth rather than insane delusion, and he concocts a plan to confront the alien intelligence. He absconds with her to a cabin in the mountains to document the phenomenon, prove that she is not crazy. But see, here's the thing. Messing with an otherworldly intelligence proves to be more dangerous than either Jay or his patient could have ever foreseen. Contactee is a heady thriller, more focused on ideas than CGI, and loaded with twists. For more details, visit contacteemovie.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's get back into it. You might not even be able to answer this, but if you had to choose, and thankfully you don't, but if you had to choose, which way would you go? Would you stick with engineering for the rest of your life? You can only do one. Would you stick with engineering for the rest of your life or would you try to make a living as an, as an artist? I don't even an have to think. I'd be an artist. Yeah? <laughs> you know, the engineering job is great. I'm able to afford all my bills, pay my bills with my engineering stuff. So sure. until I make a good source of income from acting, yeah, I'd probably continue engineering work. But 
I'm always an artist. Nice. I love it. Didn't even have to finish that sentence before you, you had your answer. Who are your role models? Who do you look up to besides the acting teachers that you mentioned? What's your shining example of the kind of artist that you want to be? There are a couple of artists from back home in India. Uh, one of them, uh, his name is Kamal Hassan. He's a fabulous actor. He's a legendary actor. He could pull off 15 characters in the same movie. I mean, totally different characters. Wow. Looking at Western cinema, I would say Tom Hanks, Denzel Washington. Yeah. Sweet. Let's talk about this thing. Tell me about Spoken. Spoken is on Amazon Prime. Is it out right now? Yes. It's uh, out on Amazon Prime right now. Uh, it's written and directed by super talented, fabulous Tenel Ransom. This is a horror thriller film. The story revolves around you know five students who go to a summer camp and they encounter some mysterious crab attacks. Did you say crab attacks? That's right. Now, you said horror thriller. Is this silly? Like Sharknado? Or is this like for real? <laughs> for real. Crab attacks? That's right. All right. So I'm so sorry. I, I interrupted you. So these, 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 are, these, these are giant crabs. It's... Oh, you're not making it sound scarier. You're making it sound funnier. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so these kids go to a summer camp and there's these crazy crabs. All right. Are you one of the yep. kids? Yes. I'm one of the five people. It's an ensemble cast. Yes. That is fantastic. So was there a lot of green screen and tennis balls or how, or did they have real big crabs? Uh, you know, most of it was green screen. And, you know, the film picturizes how we deal with the crab attacks and how we survive those crab attacks. Interesting. And, uh, yeah, it's an interesting story, a different approach on how you look at stuff. And I, I'm pretty sure you guys would enjoy the movie. Oh, I can't wait. This sounds amazing. We're going to, my daughter is flying in tomorrow from Washington and she's going to stay with us for a few days. And uh, definitely this is going to be on the list, man. She's super into horror and well, who doesn't love a good crab? So, I mean, we're, <laughs> we're definitely going to watch that. How did you find acting on a green screen? A little weird at first. A little. But then I got used to it. Really? So the, the director is just like, okay, and now you're running and there's, it's, it's trying to get you. And uh, you're like, how is the direction different when you're being directed on a green screen? You still picturize, you know, it's like an audition process. You know, you see something but you're not going to have it when you're going to audition for it. I think it's a similar approach where, you know, you actually see it, but not like see it for real. And I think it's part of the acting process. Gotcha. Who else is in this film? Who are the other crab lunch? There are a bunch of fabulous actors, Chad, Chelsea, Letzinger, and there's another Chelsea. So there are two Chelsea's, a Chad and Sergio. Uh, Sergio is part of Lovecraft Country. Oh, okay. So, yeah, there are a bunch of fabulous actors. Nice. I can't wait to see this. Have you seen it? Yes, I have. What did you think? It's great. And I'm, I'm really excited about the project, you know, it being my first feature film and, you know, released on a, a super huge platform like Amazon Prime. I'm, I'm super excited. Well, you should be excited. You, you're awfully young and early in this process to have your first feature film already. That's amazing. I think that. Not only does it go to your talent or speak to your talent, but it also speaks to that drive. Like you said, you know, you probably auditioned 500 times before you got this film. So you have a full-time job as an engineer. 
And how does that work where you're like, oh, hey, boss, uh, I'm going to take off and I'm going to go chasing crabs around the low country. Like, how does that work? <laughs> so fortunately, I have enough paid time off from my work. So whenever a gig pops up, I just take off from work and then I do my acting stuff. Nice. Well, you're going to come to a, a fork in the road there because you're going to get so busy that you have so many projects. You're not going to have unlimited time off from work, man. Well, that's when I pulled the plug. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Tell me about Butterflies. So Butterflies is my second feature film. Wait, hold on. Two already? <laughs> you know how many films I've been in? Zero. And I'm old. So good job, man. Tell me about Butterflies. Well, that- Thank you. Butterflies, directed by Kevin Stevenson and uh, written by Ryan McCoy. It's based off award-winning author Tom Levine's novel called Party. And I play the role of Aziz. And again, it's an ensemble cast. It's a teen drama story. I don't want to let out a whole lot of information. Sure. I just got done with the ADRs a couple of weeks back. We have already submitted for the Sundance Film Festival. So if it gets selected, that'd be super great. So Sweet. looking forward to it should be releasing early January, I believe. And do you know where it's going to be? I'm not sure yet. If it's going to be selected for Sundance, it would be released at the Sundance Film Festival, or it might be in one of the major online platforms. Nice. Tell me about with a price. Is with, it with a with price, a... yeah. Yeah, it's a short film. I was fortunate to be part of it. It was a super fun project to be working. Uh, and I play a supporting character called Tony in it who inherit a possessed house from a boss. And I, I don't know if it's it's complete coincidence, but you know, all the three projects I worked in has got a slight twinge of horror in it. Interesting. So do you think it's because they film a lot of horror stuff down there? Or do you think it's because, hey man, you're just good at looking scared? I don't know. Do I? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and look scared, go. that's funny but uh yeah i I think it's complete coincidence and i personally don't watch a whole lot of horror films but you know acting in one wasn't that scary so it it works uh, let's hope not right so i know that so far you've done a lot of horror what genre do you think you would enjoy the most like what do you want to do i like thriller films action thriller films and drama like serious drama I mean, I know you don't have a lot of control over what you even get to audition for, but is that something you're going to, you know, pursue, like have conversations with your agents and say, hey, send me, send me to the real deep nitty gritty stuff. Well, that's when you start writing. Oh, snap. This dude's talking. He's taking the Seth Rogen approach. Nice. You know, Seth Rogen famously said that uh, nobody would hire him because of the way he looks. So he just started writing stuff for himself. Right. I mean, at this early stage in your career, you know, if you want to showcase how you want to be portrayed, you know, I think writing is the best way to go about it. Are you a good writer? I wouldn't call myself that, but I've started writing. <laughs> so do you have mentors as far as your writing goes? Like maybe is James helping you with that too? Because I know yes, he writes James, stuff. J- James helps me with it. And, uh, you know, Mr. Tim Phillips helps me with it as well. Oh, cool. And uh, yeah, and comedy is fun to work with as well. So I would add comedy the genre i'd like to work with yeah i think comedy might even be easier to write i don't know you know comedy is a set of rules you just have to hit the notes man you're all about the rules you're all about the that's the engineering you you're just like okay so i do a and then b and then c happens 
It's not always like that. It's just that for comedy in in particular, you got to have that farmland in place. Otherwise, you're not going to laugh. It's a story of my life, man. I walk up to a complete stranger. I tell them the punchline. They look at me weird, and then I tell them the joke, and they still look at me weird. I don't get it. <laughs> you got to use the formula, right? Yeah, I'm going to have to figure out what that formula is, man. I hate when people ask this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What do you got on the horizon? What, are you involved in something right now that you can't talk about that's upcoming? Are you? Is it audition season? What's going on in your life right now? I've been auditioning, yes, and I've been talking with a couple of directors back home in India for some really promising projects. It's not officially announced yet, so I can't talk about it, but you know, it's exciting and I'm looking forward to it. And as soon as I hear something official, I'll let you guys know about it. So I guess I've never even thought about this, but you know, if you, let's just say you're a basketball player, if you play for the basketball team in New Orleans, you're not allowed to play for the basketball team in Los Angeles, but with acting, I know that you can just work whenever you want, but there's no like sag after or anything doesn't say, hey, you can't go to India and do a thing. I don't believe so. And <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I'm not a sag after member here, so I don't know oh, about it. Nice. Oh, cool. Well, so then you're an unrestricted free agent. So they say you can play for whoever you want to play for. How exciting would it be to go essentially home and, and make a movie or two? I grew up watching films in my regional language, and you know it would be a dream come true if I acted in one. Would this be considered Bollywood or no? So Bollywood is from a particular area in India. There are okay. different film industries. As I said, there are like 17 official languages, so there are 17 different film industries in India. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And gotcha. Bollywood is one of them. Along that same notion, would, would there be dancing involved? I think there's a whole lot of misconception around that, you know, especially when you look from the other side of the world. Mm -hmm. We do have a lot of movies with music and like musicals and dancing, but, you know, that's not the only films we produce there. No, no, no. I I understood that. I just meant these specific projects that you might be doing. One of them. Yes. Oh, cool. And you're a dancer, right? You started dancing a while back. So, Mm -hmm. wow. How cool is Because. It's going to be a pretty rare occurrence that you get to dance in a movie here. We don't have a whole (laughs) lot of dancing movies. So that'd be a cool thing for you to try. I think that sounds like a lot of fun. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. It's a good platform to showcase your dancing skills, I believe. Sure. And also to have fun. And, you know, like you said, part of the reason that you would trade engineering for acting is because of how much fun you have. So. Exactly. Sounds like a blast. Would these locations be far away from your family or would you be able to go, you know, visit them while you're working? I'd be able to visit them for sure. Yes. Sweet. I don't have to travel 21 hours back home. Like I know when I'm flying from here. Is it really 21 hours? Yeah. Including the layover. Man, that's a long car. Oh, it's not on. Okay. I got you. It's a plane. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Well, how did you spend your COVID? I know that you just went to all these acting classes, but what else did you do during COVID? I stayed home, made sure uh, everybody is safe, like people around me, followed all the COVID protocols, stayed home for a a good bit of time. That's when, you know, I started writing and, you know, I started concentrating more on my craft. Yes, COVID hit us real bad, but from an artistic perspective, it's been a blessing for me. How so? Because it gave you the time to work on your craft? Yeah, absolutely. Sweet. I know a lot of artistic people, they really use that time wisely. You know, musicians use that time to write and to produce songs. There's a bunch of bands that, you know, made a whole album during COVID. You know, they'd record their part and send it to the next guy and they'd record their part. So there was a lot of 
a lot of bands that made music. There was a lot of authors who just took that time to write more books or screenplays and, and scripts and things like that. So I think that at first, you know, when they shut down, essentially shut down all of the arts, everybody was pretty scared about what was about to happen. But I think that the ones who were kind of on the ball, like yourself, really use that time to dig deeper and get better at what they do. And then maybe start a little side project like you with the writing. It's a little disrespectful to call it a side project, but you're just getting started at it. And you're sort of working out the kinks and the bumps and and kind of getting your feet under you as a writer in that regard. So I, I commend you yet again on your, your stick-to-itiveness, man. I mean, man, maybe the rest of the world is on to something and soccer really is awesome. You've learned a lot from soccer, man. It's it's the uh, you know number one sport in the world. Yeah, uh huh. And tea is the number one drink in the world, but <laughs> we, we don't care about that either. <laughs> so, what is the coolest thing that you've done since you've gotten here in America? What's the coolest thing? Whether it's a, I mean, besides being in movies, that's pretty damn cool. But I mean, like, have you gone to see a, I don't know, maybe a band that you were excited about that you never thought you would get to see? Or have you met somebody that you never thought you'd get to meet? Have you met Tom Hanks? I mean, that guy practically lives in no, the I, No, I haven't. Hopefully I meet him pretty soon. But I just feel like I've met a whole lot of new people here in the U.S. Because, you know, I come from a totally different country. And, you know, getting to know about people, the culture here, I think that's you know one of the coolest things. And traveling around the U.S. has taught me a whole lot, you know. Sure. It helps me broaden my mind and, and the way I think. So, I think that more people should travel, especially more people in this country. <laughs> we should travel more, even if it's just inside the country, because we have different cultures and different people all over the country. Right. I think more people should travel because, like you said, it opens it opens up your mind to other cultures and other people, and that's never a bad thing. So, good for you for traveling. What's your favorite food in New Orleans? I've been there a bunch of times, and the food there is spectacular, in my opinion. What's your favorite thing to eat there when you're not home? Oh, like, where do you go out to? Gumbo, jambalaya, charboiled mm. oysters. Ooh, yeah, that's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, you like that, huh? All right. Yep. Very cool. Man, it's been a while since we were in New Orleans. Every time we're about to go, something crazy happens, either a hurricane or, oh, I don't know, a pandemic the last two years. So we're going to have to get over there again and have some of that delicious food, man. I miss it. I miss it a lot. (laughs) I miss it a lot. So, Evan, where can people find you on social media? You know, Instagram, Twitter. I got the same uh, user ID, actor Evan Anthony, A-C-T-O-R. E-B-I-N-A-N-T-O-N-Y. I don't have a H on in my name. Usually people say Anthony with the H. I don't have a H. So it's actor Eben Anthony on Twitter and Instagram? That's right. What about TikTok, man? You're a young fellow. <laughs> Come on, man. You're you're a kid. Do TikTok. You're awesome at it, uh, I guess. I don't know. Uh, to be honest, I, I've been busy with all this other stuff because... Literally, I got two full-time jobs. <laughs> Spoken like a true adult. Look, bro, I'm too busy for TikTok. I have two social medias, and I barely have time for that. Well done. Now, Evan, before I let you go, I always ask, is there anything that I didn't ask you or we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about today? Like, did I miss something? Did I miss anything? I can't think of anything. You know, it, it was really good talking to you. You know, I had fun talking to you, and I don't care about the stuff I left out. 
<laughs> well, I enjoyed speaking with you as well, Evan. I think that your professionalism and your dedication to your craft, both of your crafts, <laughs> I think that uh, you're going to go far in whichever lane you really want to be in. I mean, you could ride this engineering thing and then act. You could stop the engineering and be an actor. You could do both. I mean, but Ken Zhang, he's still a doctor. He doesn't really doctor. But he's still a doctor. <laughs> so, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of stuff you can do with both of those things. And I think that the things that you've chosen to do in your life are working both sides of your brain simultaneously, which how bad could that be, right? You know, engineering's pretty left brain stuff, right? And then acting is all right brain and, and art and writing is right brain. But uh, I think that with your your dedication and your perseverance, I think you're going to go really far in both of these industries that you have chosen. And when Thank that you. time does it. come, you're welcome. And when that time does come that you're going to have to make a choice, it's going to be the hardest decision you've ever made, even though you answered quickly earlier. But by the time you have to make that decision, you're going to be making a lot more money than you are right now at it. And you're going to be higher and more sought after as an engineer with all those years. i mean to be honest i didn't start out this career you know thinking i you know earn a lot of money if i wanted a lot of money i would have just stayed with engineering but you know it's it's just that personal satisfaction you, you have doing something you love oh that's a perfect note to go out on oh i love it eben anthony thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day and your hectic schedule to hang out and let us get to know you a little bit better on fascination street man i really appreciate Thanks. it Thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you, Steve. It was uh, 100% my pleasure. And everybody go check out Spoken on Amazon Prime. I cannot wait to go check that out. That is going to be amazing. And then keep your eyes peeled for butterflies. That's going to be somewhere soon. So just look for that as well. Thank you again, Evan. You have a great week, man. Thanks so much. Have a good Bye-bye. one. Bye. Opening music is the song Magnolia from the 2001 album Intransigence, used with permission from Douglas Miles Clark. Closing music is from the song Say My Name off the 2021 album Underdog Anthems, used with permission from Jax Hollow. If you like the show, tell a friend. Subscribe and rate and review the show on iTunes and wherever else you download podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel. All the episodes are available there as well. Check me out on Vero at Fascination Street Pod and TikTok at Fascination Street Pod. And again, thanks for listening.